0: Shock. I Peek have a shock. very special secret. I'm the only one who knows about tiny people living in our walls called the Littles. to <laughs> Little.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Knocked it over. Oh, oh
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: Andy as a waiter definitely <laughs> is a Jerry Lewis type I, film.
1: I, I can't believe you guys are letting Andy as a dishwasher get by. I mean, Somehow. him walking out with all those knives sticking out of his shoes mm. and.
3: I did fall down a staircase with a uh, full tray of dishes. <laughs> what were you doing on a staircase? The kitchen was downstairs, the restaurant was upstairs, and you got back and forth on it on a spiral staircase. Oh.
1: Oh, wow. That's just... Yeah, it's it it oh, an a accident, disaster.
3: accident waiting to happen. Has In been- my case, it was the actual, the non-slip floor. Yeah. You made it slippery. No, it peeled up. I, I actually... Oh, I, what? I, I The whole piece of the the non-slip pulled loose and came off, and that's how I... Well, I, I it was on the bottom of my foot. So
1: your foot was on the non-slip part, but the non-slip part slipped.
3: Yes, the glue, the glue came loose on the non-slip. The, the non-slip part stayed non-slip. Sounds like something it, stuck happened to my foot. It,
1: it stuck to your foot, yeah. It became a difficult. non-slip skateboard. Yeah. Classic Andy.
2: That's like an mm-hmm. OSHA inspector's dream. Like, oh, oh I'm going to shut this place down <laughs> so hard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You could see them in plain clothes just watching Andy all night. Mm. <laughs> any minute now, any minute now. I smelled so bad after that job. God.
2: Well, yeah. Any job where you're washing dishes. Mm. I that, that was my very first McDonald's job, is I made biscuits, and then I did dishes. So
4: he smelled oh, that great that
3: explains
2: the of the That explains the taste of the biscuits. <laughs> well, no, the dishes I did after I yeah. made the biscuits. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. mix that up. You I, ate
1: at Jeff's McDonald's, Andy?
2: Jeff I, has his own McDonald's? That's great. I, I, I got there at 5 in the morning, made biscuits till about... 10, 10.30, and, and then I them uh, at 11 and started like, washing everything. These thing. taste
4: weird.
1: <laughs> Soapy.
4: Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 489. I am Master Torgo.
1: 80s Jeff. Commander K. Soapy biscuits.
4: How the hell do I even follow that up? Hey, please, Matt. Hey, we're to talk week and geek. Ooh, gentlemen, what geeky things to do this week?
3: What uh, do we do? Three of us went off to go see um, John Wick 3. John Wick ah. And you had a day of it. We did, and yeah. Yeah, Kay and I watched one and two. Uh, wait, wait you watched m- both of them before we went? Yeah, we watched one in the morning oh. and two in the afternoon, and then, uh, yeah, I went and saw three. See, I, I, when you guys, uh, when Kirsten texted
2: me, I was like, oh, okay, they're watching two right now. I didn't realize you'd watched both one and two leading up to. Yep.
4: Yep. So how does three compare?
3: Each movie gets a little more complex and yeah. more interesting.
2: They definitely try to outdo themselves, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, this one had a lot more uh, action sequences. It wasn't just all um, gunplay. There was a lot more martial arts in this film. Okay. And one of the points they made on the uh, HBO First Look was that the way they were shooting it, there's not a lot of stunt people, uh, or should say stunt doubles for the main actors. So they made it a point to train the actors in cinematic martial arts so they could actually fight against the real martial artists and then not have to have that whole dropping out between mm-hmm. you know stunt double and lead actor so that they said whatever camera angle they used they didn't have to cheat it to you know tell you that it's not the actual actor so most of the time when you see Keanu Reeves fighting it's Keanu Reeves same thing yeah. with Halle Berry and, and several of the All other right. actors in the film
3: In the first movie, uh, there is very little conflict in John Wick himself. Yeah. And the conflict in himself gets more complex every movie. Yeah. In fact, so much so that I did not know where it was going to go near the end. I was like, I wonder how this is going to end. I know there's a fourth movie, so that can't happen. But, (laughs) huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they definitely set it up for the for The following one, but yeah. uh,
3: I, I, I was telling Which them, they've done at every movie, after. right? I mean, yeah, except for the first one, the first one is a one and done, but um, <laughs> they left the every movie after that, two and three, both, yeah, they both lead into the next one, clearly. I was
2: telling both uh, Kirsten and Andy before we went to the movie when we were having dinner, uh, that HBO first look, if anybody gets a chance to watch it, definitely check it out because when they're talking to Keanu Reeves. He is genuinely excited about being able to do these films. And when an actor is genuinely excited about a project, that says something about the project and I feel like the performances are that much better when the actors are are totally into the, the, the work that they're doing. Yeah so but yeah, uh, apparently he started you know training, with uh, the martial artists and the weapons training and everything, for a good six months prior to them even starting to shoot, so the man had more than a year worth of, you know, involvement in the actual <laughs> getting ready and shooting the film. You're right
1: there. Don't worry right? about it. I'm fine. You, you pop a pimple.
5: John Wick. No, it was. I picked something like I don't know uh. on my face. It wasn't a pimple though.
3: I, I thought the way you were holding closely. your face, I thought you like had, a, had like John dental, Wick's down dental there. surgery John or something. John Wick's down
5: there.
2: John yeah. Wick. <laughs> uh, he just kicked me in the face. He must have liked you then because you're still alive.
5: Uh, <laughs> he's old. Slow.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Called out. Oh <laughs> my. Called
4: out. Take that, John Wick. Yeah.
3: You just kicked his uh, his uh, proverbial dog, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
4: okay. Yeah, two
1: of the... Uh, two of the... Fighting mooks uh, were guys from The Raid.
4: Oh. And uh, they They're had... They're just making their rounds
1: in the they, genre picks. Yeah. They had a long, a long uh, fight. And it's really funny because... The two
5: Chinese guys with the curved daggers? Those
1: guys? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, Indonesian. Uh, well, it, there uh, was a
5: Chinese... In the movie... <laughs> never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, the... um. In most of the movies, the fighting's very brutal, right? Okay. You know, you might have a little introductory ceremony, but then it gets very quickly brutal and nasty, and, you know, somebody's down, shoot him in the head or what have you. And with these guys, they're like, we we just wanted to fight you, John Wick. We're really big fans. Yeah. And so... It's pretty funny. You get this thing where they're knocking each other on the ass... And then they step back and let him get up, and, you know, then they resume fighting. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, at one point, I think uh, John Wick's like, wait, 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 And he, like, he, he gets his belt or he does something to continue the fight, but they're all like, okay. And they step back, and so it, was, it, it actually got amusing because... I saw that as a fun little subversion of the franchise's own trope. Sure. Of the, the brutal, just get it done, let's just fucking do this. Cause that whole, that whole bit became about, you know, oh, uh, we're fighting out of respect and uh, oh, go ahead, get up, let's continue. Oh, you know, it was kind of interesting that way. So. I don't know if it was a
2: conscious choice or if it just worked out that way, but it sure seemed like one of the themes of the film was to break as much glass as possible <laughs> yeah. throughout yeah. Yeah. the film. There's a lot of glass. I being mean, broken. in one scene alone, there's so much broken glass that it's
3: almost comical. They broke a little glass in the uh, second one, but yeah, they they
1: pulled. But
2: I'm it up talking off the like yeah, through like Guinness Book record. Yeah, the entirety of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's like
3: from beginning
2: to end. There's a lot of broken glass. And there's,
1: there's a lot of glass. There's like. A section of a building that's just pretty much glass i mean like walls and stairs and right. floors it's definitely and, chekhov's walls yeah yeah so it's uh it's a, it's a, a stairs s- with glass yeah yes or plexiglass yes. at least Your, wow yeah. yeah the floors and it's actually explained it's yeah. actually explained but it's it, an Yeah, definitely. It it was interesting. It's very interesting. It's it's an
2: interesting dichotomy, too, because they said that the whole purpose of the room is so that nobody can hide anything. But then you have these ninjas who are masters of stealth that are somehow in a room of all glass where you can see everything, able to sneak in and punch and kick John Wick and then sneak away. And then disappear. He, like,
1: falls, and, like, they step back to let him up, and he gets up and looks around. They're gone.
2: Yeah. It's it's really fascinating because mm-hmm. you think about it, you're like, wow, there's nowhere they can hide, yet somehow they're hiding. Yeah,
4: so. yeah it beats most of the ninja films from the eighties. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it truly does. <laughs>
4: yeah, so take it's, that, Shokushugi. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's
1: and Lee Van Cleef. It's fun. I haven't been disappointed in any of the movies. So. Yeah, I haven't either. I still the- I still kind of like the second one more, but. I'm, I still enjoyed this one. All right. So, I mean, I enjoy the gunplay a lot. And uh, there was just cool stuff in number two that... Um, uh, because they did so much hand-to-hand in this one, it wasn't quite the same.
4: What's the name of that movie that has the gun foo in it? Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Equilibrium.
1: It's Gun-Kata. gun They talk about... There's a There's a YouTube video where somebody talks about the... Evolution of yeah. Bunkada. I was just gonna mention that yeah. too. Yeah, and they talk about they talk about some other movie, Equilibrium, and then John Wick, and the whole you know.
4: Equilibrium is yeah. a good picture. I just it has a horrible name. I can never remember it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. I've it's never looked. At, I've never
3: looked into it because of the name
1: ever uh, at christian it mean, bale that means bale. nothing yeah. it's and it's science fiction it's, yeah. f- it's 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 a full-on dystopian science bale fiction yeah Who it's the
2: it? other guy uh, dystopian future uh, where you um no
5: no I, it, it's uh, one of those guys fucking
1: irish dude He like plays robert the bruce and shit and everything and then there's uh oh yes and then there's another there yeah i don't know mm. But anyway, so it's, yeah. It's Sean
2: Sean Bean is in it, and of course dies like right at the beginning of, of the does. film because that's what Sean Bean does. <laughs> right. Um, essentially, it's a dystopian future, Andy, where uh, emotions are outlawed. Um, you have these characters that are Grammaton clerics; they're essentially the the law, and they go around enforcing the various laws. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to have possessions. Um, you know, it's and, yeah. and anything with history, historical value. Um, is entirely outlawed. It, it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating film. Mm. It was kind of a low-budget independent film, I'll or I should say a moderate start budget. Well, I'll start moderate. looking for it. Yeah. Moderate. Um, I do remember seeing it on Netflix not
4: long ago. I don't okay. know if it yeah. still is or I think not.
1: that's where I saw so it. i I'll and, look for it.
4: The yeah. gunplay karate is fascinating. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a lot of gunpointing and cocking of the gun and deflecting. Well,
1: yeah. the, and in John Wick, it's a lot of putting the gun right to the temple and pulling the trigger. Mm. I mean, that was the thing about the first one. That, like, the first time they they friggin' do that, you're just like, What yeah. the? Whoa! Not gonna miss with that one. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, they just... They just kept doing it, and I'm like, "Whoa! What the? Whoa! What the hell's going on?" So you, you yeah, prefer the, sounds... the the
3: the gung fu, gung oh, Gun fu, to, know. The, I've never Gun seen fu to the uh, to the, uh, um, uh, Jim Cotta. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing
3: beats
5: Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta is the
4: ultimate in martial arts. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs>
5: You've not seen Wick, Wick two,
4: or Wick three? I've seen no Wick. Wow. I'm he's, Wickless. He's Wickless. <laughs> Thank you. Wickless. I think you would enjoy the Wick. I think yeah, I would you do. would,
1: dude. the The world building is interesting, even in the first one, when they they because it it gets you. Know, it's really funny. You know what what it reminds me of a lot, which is is it totally not connected. Vampire the Masquerade, the whole nature of the under the this yeah. underworld under culture yeah. type thing.
4: Interesting.
3: They yeah. they set up little rules in the first movie that are just like. There, that's like a little part of the movie, and that has slowly en- enveloped the movies, and it's more about that than it yeah. is yeah. So, yeah. subtly and slowly
2: fleshed out. Like this, you know, there's a, there's a, I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's a character that's introduced in this, uh, this chapter that you're just like, oh wait, what? Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense if you have this whole secret society thing that, yeah, there would be this type well, this of exists, character. But
3: wow, but, yeah. yeah, I know exactly so, the character you're talking about.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hmm, what
4: character could that be? I don't know. I think it's the... <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to guess and say there are werebores. Yes. yes. Nailed it. So you, well, did you see it yet? Yes, I've seen <laughs> it. Yeah, okay.
5: Not the and, werebores. And yet you're completely quiet about it. <laughs> you guys all had right. a good discussion about
3: mm-hmm. it. Cool. You enjoyed it. Yes, I
5: did. My like, favorite geez. scene <clears> is uh, when they're in that historical, s- and they're throwing all the knives. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And the and it, fucking and it's like, knife it's like, scene. It's Jesus. realistic, too, because it's like, some of them don't land and it's like ding, and the guy yeah. looks, like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> and they pick it. <laughs> yeah, and they pick it up, throw it back at <laughs> no. him. And, oh my yeah. God. And, and the one, realistic. It's not realistic. The like, one
1: guy who has like a dozen knives in him because a thrown <laughs> knife doesn't necessarily doesn't kill, kill you. Kill yeah. you. No. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, it's Jesus. Like, like knife after knife after knife after knife after knife and after knife until the guy
2: finally stays down.
1: It has a whole rack. I mean, just rack upon rack upon rack of uh, historical knives on display. Oh, fun. And so they're just sort of like looking at each other and looking at the wall and they're like, ah, 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 ah and just throwing yeah.
3: shit. One of the reviews I heard, uh, I think it was on NPR, uh, mentions that, uh, and this is early on in this movie, so it's not a real spoiler, that he uh, kills somebody with a horse. And they go, don't worry, the horse is fine. But yeah, he does. He does, he, he kills somebody with a horse.
4: Yep. What was the name of that movie? Bad guy was Paul Giamatti. I think it was Clive Owen was the yeah. guy. Yeah, like the, hard co- oh. Hardcore or something shoot like that. Up. Shoot him up. up hardcore yeah. oh. him up. Basically an ode
1: to uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. Okay, uh, That's
2: another one of my favorites. It's such a crazy, fun, little
4: over weird film. Over the top film. So oh, film. Yeah,
2: everything is over the top.
4: So how does John Wick compare to Shoot em up? Oh, it, it, it's, it yeah. surpasses. Yeah. Okay. In I craziness mean, or in uh,
1: what well way? both because it is pretty crazy. It's but, cra- it's, all, but yeah, the, it's also realistic. But yeah. the level of brutality yeah. is kind of like, holy shit! You know it, it 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 it's on a different level.
2: Yeah, like like Matt said, is like it's it's more realistic. It's like if this was the kind of fight that would happen between one person and a you know a dozen individuals, or one person and and you know one on one situation. That's how it would go. I yeah. mean, the, or at
1: the least that's How you would imagine it to go.
3: Nobody in yeah. the movie ever stops to look cool after shooting somebody. Yeah, they shoot them and move on. Yeah, it's 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 not a yeah. you know I'm doing this because
2: I'm sort a of badass. like the, it's the gentleman, like...
1: gentlemanly combat thing. It, that's one of the no. tropes they're subverting. Interesting. And the fights you
5: know? don't last long, like com- compared to other like the main bad guy in the end doesn't last super long. Yeah, they're quick, brutal, Yeah. Because and, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in a fight. You can't fight for like five minutes. No. So, especially at that level, like they're throwing, shooting, everything.
3: Like A fight broke out about 150 feet away from me on the strip this weekend. And, on Memorial Day weekend uh, imagine, yeah. in Vegas,
4: imagine and that.
3: The first time I knew about it, I heard a trash can go over, and then suddenly everybody was running towards me because apparently, <laughs> after the trash can ran over, the guy got knocked down and pulled a gun.
1: Oh, and everyone's like, hide behind Andy. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Hi- hide behind the short, fat guy.
4: In the Aria, there was a woman chasing a guy with a hockey stick. Don't come to Vegas on Memorial Day weekend. Wow. Canadians. Right. <laughs> it's we go, banana man. trash. <laughs> man, oh, man.
1: The, the, the one thing I'll say about three is there were a couple bits of CGI where it was kind of obvious, and one of the impressive things about it has been its practical stunts. So that was one of the things about 3 that I was sort of like... Uh, yeah. Uh, Cheaters. Yeah. So, well, they said
2: they made it a point to not do a whole lot of CGI yeah. in this And one, they didn't so. do
1: a lot. But,
2: but... What they did stuck out the okay? game. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. Which which scene
1: stuck out the most? Uh, there, was, there was a uh, motorcycle Are you flip. Are talking about the motorcycle? Yeah, the motorcycle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, it, it just... Uh, yeah, it was just... Yanked out? Um, well, it was sort of, it's sort of like, oh, that's cool CGI, but that's CGI. And this is John Wick, mm-hmm. you know? So I was sort of like, ah, Because, man, oh, man, if they had CGI. It's
4: kind of like if you're watching a Muppet movie and there's also the CGI puppet. Yeah. Now, there, <laughs> Yoda.
1: I'd, CGI Yoda comes along you're like, what the? What?
2: I don't know if it's the same motorcycle flip that you're thinking of, but there is a motorcycle flip when he's being chased on the horse. That looks very fake, but it is a practical effect, and then they actually use CG to remove all the the, right. the cabling and everything. Yeah. And doing that touch-up gave it a slight feel of artificiality. So I was disappointed because I actually saw on YouTube more than the cables would. <laughs>
4: well,
2: no but, no, but I'm just saying the when you see the sure. the the un-altered uh, take on YouTube. It looks amazing. You're like, oh, this is going to be awesome once they take out the harness, and then then they go through and they delete all the wiring and everything. You're like, oh, this doesn't look as cool as the as the one with the wire. Interesting. So, that wasn't uh, what I was talking about. It okay, was, it's not it that was, one.
1: It was a chase. Okay. It was a car chase. on the bridge. Yeah, on the uh, bridge, probably. Okay. And uh, yeah, that one and, did. Look well, that good. one had some, but not even that one. It was uh, the cycle, the motorcycles chasing him in the in a car, I believe. And he just, and it was a standard just, you know, deflect someone into a car. And the motorcycle hits this parked car and a guy flips over. And it was just like, and the way the body flipped, it was CGI. Because they they wanted to give you that really brutal, ah, oh, oh, my God. But it was just like, oh, wow. Just I kinda, think I know which
5: part you're talking about. He, yeah. it's almost like the body went too fast. And like yeah, too many, you know, and that's yeah.
1: almost like the typical CGI yeah. thing is they do something like that, and it seems to move a little too fast yeah. than you would expect. Uh, but um, I just remembered. Yeah. So um,
5: my favorite part. Okay, that knife fight. This character at the near the end of the movie. No spoilers. They're talking about a certain protection. And he, Condoms. No, no, no. Certain protection. <laughs>
4: Don't wash them out, folks. Like, CDC what tells you what it.
5: the fuck you said. They upgraded this, and then the other character oh, comes yeah. in and just runs right to the bigger guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. And, th- yeah.
1: and it was nice seeing that character yes. go to work. Yes, and that was cool too. He hits at it in number one. Yeah. Like, yeah. How yep. do you
5: like? Do you miss it? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, you know, so much of it is practical, especially the car stuff. Jesus yeah. Christ, the car stuff, but um, it 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 just was sort of like, ah, eh, don't do that, guys. Mm-hmm. So you know, but overall, overall, it's just and the world building. Like I said, I think you'll find it interesting, Todd, when you finally do watch it. Cause, and I will. I'm. I'm yeah. I
3: think the world building is actually what makes it a really appropriate for the show. It is the world building makes it much more geeky than does a shoot 'em up would be.
4: More than shoot them up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and lush, lush, stylish. Mm-hmm. Just see that's that's what I'm Loaded in the mood for. With this stuff. I'm seeing yeah. pictures with all the extreme lighting. Yeah. The nice. use
3: of color is amazing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was Duncan telling
3: you about color?
2: Um, he was uh uh telling me Duncan about in us. the first two films, there is a subtle use of the change in the color when John Wick is fighting, and he said when when the overall color temperature is blue, that means he's winning. If he's he's in a fight and he has the advantage, it was overall, the overall color scene color was blue. But when he's at the disadvantage, when he's clearly taking more punishment than he should, the overall theming turned red. So now I actually have to go back and watch those again wow. to, to see how that's used. But he said that was a conscious decision and... That the the producers um, had put into the film, ah. I wasn't aware of that until he mentioned it. So now I want to go back and look at it. Hmm. Uh, I didn't I didn't think about it because he mentioned it after we watched the third film. So now I want to go back and watch three again, see if that that same color theming holds true. But yeah, those those sharp, high contrast, deep, rich colors the city you know, shots
5: with the purples and all that yeah
2: you know cool. just pinks purples blues um just they stand out i mean the, the city itself becomes a character oh, in yeah. the film
1: they uh, the, the
2: the opening
1: yeah when they just open the movie wow there's a lot of color mm-hmm. they 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 almost they almost make new york into like a you know shinjuku Tokyo yeah, the, uh, th- the, the third Japan movie thing. takes a,
3: starts exactly where the last one left off. Yeah.
2: And it's all real locations. It's like they just amped up the color yeah. somehow. Yeah. And then made it just like you said like like very much like it's like a Japanese city just all very brightly very, very bright. primary color not, and, but and, enriched. Yeah.
1: And not it's not like they shot in Times Square, which is basically New York's equivalent to what like they have in Tokyo. But I mean these are it it's not quite those areas, but it's boy is it bright!
2: It's it's like seldom seen areas of New York. Yeah, they did shoot the whole thing in New York, yeah. and there are some recognizable areas, mm. but then there's some areas like oh, I wonder
5: where that's at. Yeah, what the hell? The is The Continental
3: that is in Wall Street. I looked it up.
5: Okay. Well, that that is it, garden... the, is it the wedge
1: building?
3: No, it isn't. That okay, wedge building I is in Times was. Square.
1: Yeah, right. the, and that's the that's the Flatiron. Right? Yeah, the Flatiron exactly. Uh, the and, uh, and that Garden Terrace. I mean, we've seen that in uh, Daredevil or... uh, Spider-Man as well. Yeah, that one's all over the place. Yeah.
4: I have to say, for a non-spoiler talk... I think this has gone on longer than any yeah. other movie we've discussed. I was thinking, spoiler. Yeah, 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 so it's, it shows how much passion you have for not only Dude, this film but the series. You've got to see it yeah, because they're when we there. talk about Marvel movies, we don't talk this long in spoiler-free talk.
2: Well, I think it's just because it's not your brainless, you know, action film. Which there's nothing wrong with everybody. You know, needs a little candy every now and then, a little popcorn flick to you know, kind of cleanse the palate for from from the emotionally beating up uh, films that we've seen recently. Or, or just life? Yeah, or life in general, absolutely. But it just it's, you know, like they said with the world building and 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 the levels to which the characters are going in
1: this film and, and the and, fight and, choreography. Yeah. The the directors and writers are fight directors from other movies. In fact, the director of this one was Keanu's stunt double in Matrix. Oh, wow. So their working relationship goes back forever. And these guys, they they know how they would want to show a fight. And that's what like John Wick was about. That's why John Wick stands out because it's it's not a director telling these guys this is what I need. It's these guys setting it up themselves.
5: I also think too... Keanu Reeves is so invested and so loves this character more so than other actors that just, oh, it's a gig. Okay, I'll play it. Oh, so you want me to hear, hear, hear and say these lines? Yeah. Okay. Where
1: he's just... He's a, he It's funny. because he's, he's definitely all, into it. He's I mean, of, there's some
3: of the... There's a parallel to his life and the character. I mean, his yeah. his, his uh, girlfriend, uh, their, their baby was stillborn and then she died in a car accident within a year. And that's about when the sad piano meme comes out, and and in this movie, it's no no big secret, you know, it in the first minute or two of the first movie, uh, his his wife has died of cancer, and so that that's where he is in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and yeah. and so, and, uh, and so uh, that uh, kind of carries through the whole thing. He's kind of got that
4: that, that grief. He's the, he's the, carry- the underlying melancholia. And- yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. and also just
1: their their gun etiquette. Um, that I I watched. Two with a uh, uh, a Marine vet, and he just he ab- whose phone? Who is do you think? Who do you think? Why do you even have to ask
5: that?
3: I don't think it's me this time.
1: Yes, I'll it check. is.
5: Yes, it is. I, I <laughs> four, narrator four out of five it geek shockers. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, almost dead, right?
1: No, it's my daughter okay, I me, mean. oh, so it was you. Um, okay, it was. But he the the breach tre- checks. Um, just the way that there's a, there's a type of shooting where like you hold the, the, uh, rifle, uh, to use the scope for a longer distance, but then you can turn it to the side or I, I may have that reversed and use, uh, side sights to, uh, do a closer shot Yeah, you can. and they do things yeah. like that. And the breach checks whenever, whenever the r- runs out of bullets, he checks the breach and they pop the mags and. Check their amounts, and uh, apparently all the shots are accounted for. Um, it's one of those things where it's not like you know a hundred shots from a fifty-round magazine. Like shoot him up. Yeah, they do. They do thirty. He does 30, he does thirty shots. Commando. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, he
3: does thirty shots. He's got a thirty-shot magazine.
1: Generally. Wow. Generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when they're when they're the curved magazines, it's generally thirty um but uh because yeah it
3: seemed like a lot of those things were running long but uh yeah if you say it's there i believe you
1: Mm -hmm. well it's it's also a matter of like paint you know keeping a close eye on it Mm -hmm. um because it's so much is going on you're not sure how many shots are being fired and and like
5: like that scene in morocco um casablanca yeah which is in morocco Morocco, yeah
1: Mm. Mm, okay
5: you see him, like, he's got a belt full of magazines. Right, so you right, see yeah. him just, like, non right. Trading out, trading
1: oh, that, yeah, out. Yeah, that was another
2: out. one, too. It's like they said that they they hated how inaccurate weapons reloads were in a lot of the yeah, movies. So yeah. the stunt guys and the weapons experts were like, okay, we're going to make this as realistic as possible. So a lot of the reloads that you see when they're fighting are the type of magazine reloads you would do in close-quarter combat. So it's mm-hmm. it's... The the realism. I mean, there's there's obviously it's the fiction, the fiction, the heightened for the fictional right movie. But their goal was to be as accurate as possible. Mm-hmm.
4: Is that what really appeals to the the balance of stylization to realism? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think that's I a good say. way of putting it
1: too. It because it, it it really it really does hit it, it hits this bizarre realistic tone, even though you're moving through this fucking surreal world. Even what Jeff said with the stark colors, you're just, you know, it just, or uh, uh, the, the fucking, in the second movie, when he's going to uh, the D'Antonio uh, um, The coronation. C- complex or uh, compound mm. or whatever. It's just, it's just loony, weird lighting, but it also has this incredible, just realistic, Feel to it. It's just it's, it's nutty, it's crazy. It's but it's you know and the car stuff. Jesus, oh wow, the car their car stunts and everything are just
3: amazing. And again, amazing long time talk about this without really doing any spoilers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm
1: really impressed, guys. Well, that's also because spoilers tend to be plot points and character. And they're points. not exactly heavy
4: plot films. Yeah,
1: and. And it's not. I mean, they start getting more complicated, but nevertheless, um, even, even in this last one, as complicated as it got, it, the fight choreography is really mostly what it's all about. Mm.
4: Well, you know, it's been a while since I mentioned, I realized like the last two podcasts I haven't even mentioned the book club. And I'm like, I'm dropping the ball. So just a reminder, this month we are doing Cyclops Road uh, by Jeff Strand and American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Starring me. Uh, starring not, not American Gods. Oh no, that that one's. I, I've been the trying God to find. It, did, I've been trying to find a character for you. You didn't cast me in th- American Gods yet. Maybe in Chairs of Bog Maybe that character. I mean, Cherzabog I can work with that. Yeah. Uh, maybe that one. Mm. But uh, we are now. We've set up the poll for the June book, so that voting is taking place now, and it's going to happen pretty quick because I'll probably take the poll down by the first, if not the day before. Oh my
1: God! So, get on it, better folks. Better
4: get voting. Vote, 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 vote,
1: vote, vote. Vote early. Vote often.
4: That's right. Except you can only vote once. Remember, to put your. I voted for the key. That concept. is an <laughs> option. I, I've, I've thought about putting up their Vote for multiple books, and then the. But I figure we might get more ties that way, and ties no. are okay when they happen. But I'd like to no, avoid no, no. them no. if possible. Me, I'd like maybe. to have more people reading maybe. the same book than than splitting off. And well, then you flip a coin, Todd. Grow a pair, for fuck's sake. Nah, let the poll decide. <laughs> A three-way tie those. Forget it. I'm getting out the D3. <laughs> uh, what other geeky things you do this week, guys? Besides the wick.
3: I've been playing more uh, Fallout New Vegas. Okay, how's yeah. that coming along? It's it's I've, I've, I've finally you know picked a side. Oh, okay uh, well, well,
4: when you meet all the sides. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's there's, ch- there's not if. If you feel like being a good guy, there's not too many. To
3: yeah, they really. It's. Uh, I mean, the uh, the uh, the NCR. Are, I was like, what I describe them as, K. They're fascist they're liberals. Fascist liberals, <laughs> but uh,
1: which is really funny because I was like, oh, so you've become a libertarian, pretty much, Andy? Yeah.
3: And he's <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much in the game. But yeah, the, uh, the perfect uh, for Fallout New Vegas. Uh, the League. the Legion sucks and needs to die. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's shooting a lot of men in ragged skirts. Mm-hmm.
4: Again, Vegas. And football
1: football pads. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, football shoulder pads and ragged skirts. Oh, oh, the new Rome.
4: (laughs) 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 Uh, Speaking of games, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Going back to that. uh, I I think I might have to go down to the record as saying, this might be my favorite Assassin's Creed since 2. Wow. Every time I've, because it takes place in the south of Greece, and you have the ship, and you go, going, so you have access to all the Greek islands down there, and every single island is its own adventure. And I'm like, I'm just going to so? go gonna go, go check this out for a little bit, and then I get embroiled in fairly emotional run quests, whereas, and before, most Assassin's Creed is like, yeah, I'll do a quest, because uh, I'm going to rush to the game, I want to do this over with but I I keep getting sidetracked by interesting things and interesting characters, and I realize I have so much still to do, and I've put so much time into this already. It is a big game.
2: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but just from observation, I've noticed that the choices you make in the dialogue interactions seem to be much more um, important in this game. Than the other Assassin's Creed.
4: Yes, not to the point of like a mass effect kind of choices, mm-hmm. but yeah, choices you make do affect what's happening worldwide but I have a feeling that certain plot points happen no matter what your choices are. Okay. Uh, but in the smaller quests, yeah, it, it definitely affects things, although I don't, like I said, I don't think it affects a larger world thing. Uh, not that many, I've seen thus far. So how many islands have you been to so far? Lots. I just got off Mykonos, man. Beautiful. So tell me about Lesbos. Been there yet? I haven't been up there yet. That's way all up right. uh, up in the, the northern all quadrant right. of it. I want to
3: hear about
1: you, know, you meeting Sappho.
4: I, I think that's above. I think that's above my level, but I can guarantee Sappho is going to be. Oh, I'm it. sure she'll
3: be there.
1: I just hope you don't run into one of those glitches where you 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 can't get off an island or whatever happens to you, like when you're in space.
4: There was a time where I jumped onto a boat and I was stuck in the air running as I watched all my my boat people. Yeah, I've, I've gotten myself oh, my, my crew. I've gotten myself caught in a mountain in uh, Fallout New Vegas a couple times. It's like, yep. Open world games, especially Bethesda games like Fallout, mm. known for being buggy, but that's some of the charm.
2: Yeah, yeah, they they have some of the most bizarre <laughs> bugs in it. <them>. have <laughs> some of the most
4: fun bugs, and then not the, so much the ones that are game breaking where you like or you fall through the earth, but. But overall, it's like, oh, look at how the renderer put that thing together. That's mm-hmm. fun.
3: After I pissed off the Legion so much, he was sending assassins after me. I went somewhere and they just like I just started walking towards me, like the the box came up. Would you like to talk to him? Sure, I'll talk to him. He gave him, like the standard, just passing through kind of thing. Like fine. <laughs> so I shot him in the back of the head because well, he's a fucking Legion.
4: And because you're a John Wick fan, absolutely. No, it makes sense. And I spend a little more time painting my, uh, the, uh, the army that I'm painting for the right. commission. Your commissioned minis. Yes, but commissioned minis. I haven't had a lot of time to do that, and so when I find the time, I'm really enjoying it. I painted my first flesh face because all my army is to have no flesh. So my first face, I'm very happy with it. So I'm very proud, very happy. Flesh face.
1: Yes. Sounds like Human a flesh. Dick Tracy villain. It does. It is.
4: It really does. it's crazy! You're thinking the me. (laughs) I kind of picture job uh, pizza the hut. Yeah, on that one. Yeah, Yeah,
3: I was I was thinking prune face, but all the skin
1: is
4: like floppy. So what else you do, guys?
1: Uh, I went ahead and kindled Savage Avengers number one.
4: Oh, tell me about Savage Avengers.
1: Well, a group of Avengers get. Stuck going through this dimensional uh, portal thing. It's Avengers, uh, No Road Home, and at one point, Scarlet Witch ends up in Hyboria. Oh, the lands of Conan. Yes. So she, wow. she uh, is with Conan, and then they get out of there, and he actually ends up. Uh, f- kind of falling after her and so he's in the Savage Land here and as luck would have it well there's a whole bunch of things happening in the Savage Land so he's running into Wolverine he's got running into um, oh I forgot Boy, that,
4: that. that goes back to the whole what if comic from yeah, way
1: back
5: when wow and
1: the hand he's fighting the hand and the hand, there's some kind of weird spell thing going on. They need potent blood for this ritual. And and the hand comes in with these coffins. And this wizard dude's like, what the hell are you doing bringing me dead bodies? And they're like, oh, these dead bodies will bring you the most potent blood of all. And then the last page is Frank Castle standing over the empty graves of his family. And oh. uh, it's like, oh, yeah. That's going to be some potent blood. So mm. Savage Avengers number two, I think Frank Castle's going to end up in Wait, the Savage Wait, this all land.
4: happened in issue one? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, they they
1: they didn't waste any time. No. And so. This yeah. is what
4: you're in for, folks. Club-am.
1: Yeah, so it's really funny because at one point, Conan's fighting these ninjas, uh, the red-hand ninjas, and you know slash, slash, and you know, blood splash, slash, slash. And then he turns around and clang. And then the next panel... Wolverine is standing there with uh, Conan's sword just like st- sticking in his head. <laughs> and he's like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> so That's pretty glorious. Yeah, so it's actually... Savage it, Avengers. Yeah, it's really funny. I belong to a couple Robert E. Howard forums on Facebook. Of course.
4: <laughs> and the grognards getting pissed
1: off. It's just so fucking funny. Why? Why they... I don't know. It's just like...
4: I think a lot... Is it just because it's not pure Conan? Yeah,
1: I think there's a little... There's still the residue of the resentment to Elspreg de Camp and Lynn Carter's pastiches and stuff. Mm. But it's really funny because they're like, oh, Marvel is just so... Oh, I just... Oh, I can't believe they got got Conan, the rights of Conan back, and look what they're doing. Oh, they're actually doing... Because they did actually, to sort of like promote Conan a little bit, a month or two ago, and you might have covered this, um, they did a Conan crossover cover on every single Marvel comic. Fun. He wasn't in the story, but the cover had Conan interacting with Spider-Man or with Deadpool or with whomever. It's a good little and, marketing thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and people were looking at those, and they weren't even reading... The the you know they didn't even read the lead they just saw the cover with Conan and Spider Man they're like oh what the hell Marvel doing I just I've lost all respect for them herb mm. and it's you Sounds know just and, like the and, worst and, comic ever yeah really exactly <laughs> <I remember. laughs> exactly and it's just like, come on guys
3: there was a great run on Marvel Team Up where uh, Spider Man was flipping through time and yeah. Did, they, did Conan they, they go into the Hyporian Age and that or not? No, not, not that. Okay. Um,
1: Conan, Conan came to our time a long time ago. Uh, he ran into Captain America. It's funny, he ran into a depowered Thor. So Thor was just like as strong as a human being could be. And so naturally when he goes up against Conan, you know. So there, there was stuff like that. Uh, it might have even been "What If," mm. but um, they've never done it on this level. So, and it's kind of funny because putting Conan in the Savage Land is actually—it so actually, seems like a good fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's Conan an,
3: versus dinosaurs. Yeah, sign know, me
1: up. Yeah. Although Savage Land has changed, Andy. They've, oh dear. They've got medieval-looking towns now, and <laughs> <laughs> so Really? Yeah, no, I had the same look Mr. on my Censor? face exactly. as I'm reading this, and I'm like, "Huh, okay, this is, you know, I mean, at one point he was fighting some dinosaurs, but then uh, now, it's Dark Ages serfs? yeah, exactly, Dark Ages land, oh, and then be the be, dinosaurs came. That'd be awesome, Mercedes Benzes. So, so yeah, it 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 was funny. It's funny. It's been interesting. There you go. Sounds great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and boy, those those they've. Savage what? sword oh. of Conan okay. has got Alex Ross, oh damn Conan paintings mm. uh that are just amazing
3: just amazing wow Kazar is one of the first Marvel Marvel comics characters too yeah, yeah I He's, think Marvel Comics one has kazar in it
1: it's it's huh. like yeah the uh the Tarzan yeah uh Marvel's Tarzan
4: marzan white Tarzan
1: outdoes the native guys in the. Native Mm -hmm. land thing, but yeah.
4: Why is there not Marzan? Tarzan on Mars? It's (laughs) called John Carter. Yeah, but that's not Tarzan.
1: Copyright geek shop. Uh, Pellucidar.
2: (laughs) It's because kirsten hasn't written it yet and andy
1: hasn't illustrated it yet <laughs> that's why there's no mars yeah. it, 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 it's funny because they actually runs
4: over rocks the, they did an anthology for fourteen episodes <laughs> they, they did an, a, an oh. anthology
1: a couple of years ago called under the moons of mars which was a whole bunch of uh uh people writing short stories and on barsoom Oh, okay. Or involving John Carter. And there were a couple that actually had Tarzan, too. Okay. And it's really amazing. That, boy, there are some science fiction writers out there who really do not like John Carter. Oh, really? Because in in the, st- the stories that I read, Tarzan and Carter fight, and Carter always ends up on the worst end of it. Mm-hmm. And there's even one where Dejah Thoris is sort of like, "Oh, Tarzan," but she's loyal to John Carter, so she does, you know. And I was just—I'm reading these stories, and I'm like, "Man, these for for salute to Barsoom! This is some anti-John <laughs> John Carter shit going on." It was Kind of amusing.
4: <laughs> Anything else, guys?
1: What else, Andy?
2: That's all I can think
4: of. I've been working. You yeah. know what, I got some banana splats. Quite a few. Banana splats? Actually. Uh, first off, happy birthday to Jake Godbold. Aw, oh, Jake. Uh, according to Facebook, finding his way to Vegas right now. Uh, also, big shout out to uh, our own Professor Biggs. Ooh. For, and all those of you who voted for making Mopeful a thing on... Mopeful, yeah. On, uh, Antonym urban dictionary. for Glappy. Yeah, so Glappy and Mopeful, the... Our contribution to civilization. (laughs) And also a thank you to uh, Angelica Rosado for asking the question of if the guys, Geek Shock guys, uh, were to be meme formats, who would be what? And that just becoming an an awesome, weird thing.
2: Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's great. Uh, Andy
1: and I threw some in there. And right now, the one I selected for you, Jeff, pretty popular.
4: Wow. Actually, the one that you built of the comic strip of the Oh, two. oh yes. <laughs> the the American Choppers. The American Choppers, which is one of my favorite meme builds. Oh, it is. Yes, yes, it's fantastic. It, is. Yeah, it right. is fantastic. But the Arrow one that you constructed is just <laughs> gorgeous. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful, perfect.
1: Yeah, that was my salute to Andy. That was a lot,
4: yeah. Oh, wow. That worked Gloriously out. written. So, thank you. So, th- those are my splats out there. So, thank you all. And uh, I've, we've had some emails. One of them I've sat on for a little while because it was uh, potentially spoilery. But apparently uh. the uh, the uh, the Avengers trailers were spoiling it anyway, according to Jeff. So I figure now it's time we can actually read it. Right. Uh, so this is from uh, Frojog. Hey guys, I'll keep this brief. Uh, the version of Thor might not have been a planner. But the look on his face in H-Voltron when Steve ever so slightly moved Mjolnir made me think that Thor had Cap in mind when he summoned his old weapon. Yeah. He knew before the fall of Sokovia that Steve's worthiness and the slightest idea that Steve would be able to carry that hardware isn't something I see him forgetting ever on your left, Justin Froyog. So a fine point, a fine point. Actually, the Russo brothers have said in an interview now
1: that uh, Cap was faking in Age of Ultron. That's their interpretation. They said that it moves and Cap doesn't want to like step on Thor's toes. So he then pretends he can't move it. So according to them, Cap most certainly could and pick it up and knew he could even back then. So in Endgame when Thor's like ah I what does he say? He says, I hope I so. It. I thought so. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. So you know, it, it. But it was really funny because I still remember when he summoned his hammer, and I'm like, why the fuck did he do that? Because he's got Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and he did. Oh, I'm still worthy, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's why he did. And then he leaves with the hammer, and I'm like, wait a fucking, wait a minute, what? Why does he need Mjolnir? I mean, a two hammer Thor would be kind of cool, but. And it was, and then when Steve <laughs> uses it, it's like, "Oh, I wonder." And now I'm, I'm fairly certain that he deliberately did that precisely to give it the cap, check off sledge, absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So
3: I'm, I, no, no, no offense here, your, your beloved Conan, but I don't think he could pick it up,
4: Conan. No,
3: he's, yeah, he's no, out not worthy, it. nowhere no.
4: near. No, now there's John Wick, frankly, so. <laughs> No,
3: no, John Wick knows he wouldn't wouldn't even try.
4: (laughs) I also got another email uh, that was sent to us uh, regarding the end of Supernatural. Uh, I ended up starting to watch Supernatural after seeing it rated like the third best show of all time, right below the wire or something else. The original story arc runs from season one to season five, if I recall. You can easily stop at that point. It starts to rehash after that. What's interesting about the show is that while they do this episodic monster of the week stuff, they manage to do that in the context of an overall plot arc that really works. A few interesting notes. High death count. A consistent magic system throughout. A really large world with villains and heroes reoccurring. Heaven and hell and the four horsemen, and they knock the horsemen out of the park. The show makes fun of its own conceits and its own budget limitations. For instance, in the early seasons, whenever they stayed at a hotel, it was the exact same set room decorated differently. Instead of fixing that later, when they had the budget, they embraced it by just decorating it more and more playfully to a point where the characters are forced to even acknowledge it as well. Also, the show does meta very well. Conventions and fan groups dedicated to the main character start to pop up as the series goes on, so you have the characters attending their own conventions and getting to see fans portraying them in some rather funny ways. I think there's even some slash fiction in there. I so, think I saw that episode. <laughs> is five seasons less terrifying than fifteen to you? It is. That's Jeff K writing in to say, "Hey, give All Supernatural right. a shot at All least right. the first five seasons." All right. I'm Out listening. Of, uh, I'm listening. I've
2: randomly watched several episodes. Like it uh, used to pop up on TNT sure uh, and um, i'll find
4: it playing when i get to the bar in the morning because oh yeah the sports on last night at the ET.
2: so yeah sometimes uh like I'll, I'll catch the beginning of the episode or like the end of something and it rolls in i was like oh supernatural and i know deb absolutely loved it um and um one of the comic cons we were at we got to interview the cast of supernatural they were great and, uh they were fantastic these guys clearly enjoyed what they were doing in fact I remember we interviewed them I want to say like around uh, season 7 or 8 and they said something to the effect of hey we'll keep doing it as long as we can because we just really enjoy it and they got a really really long run out of it so yeah. so kudos to them they're great people great, uh, great interviews um, but yeah I mean the episodes I've seen I've liked it's not something that I you know
5: I think I've only seen one episode of
2: that. it's not something I would say of tell people to avoid but I don't know enough about it myself to say hey definitely check it out but what did I've seen I've liked
3: feel like Babylon 5 and that you walked into an episode and like I don't know I did I, I watch this from the start or no the episodes
2: that I saw were enough of a standalone episode that as I watched more I could glean enough of the character's background to mm-hmm. understand why certain things were happening in the episodes. You know, uh, he, Babylon 5 is definitely not one that you can just jump in midway through. That's why I use uh, it as an example. A good,
5: that's a good one because uh, I just rewatched Babylon 5 again, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, there's really no um, Species of the Week or Battle of the Week or well, whatever. I,
2: I remember Straczynski even saying, like, you, each season is its own story arc, yeah. so you can't just jump
5: in well, in and, the middle of the season. And you just got that main huge story for right. all five seasons. And yep. then each one has its own. That was a bold move stack. back
3: then when you couldn't really yeah. binge.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Quite. But it, it that's why it holds up to you today, like writing-wise. Mm-hmm. Not the set-wise. Because you set can wise, binge yeah. it now. Yeah. Yep. Cool. If you can find it. Oh, I got all five seasons on, on uh, DVD. Do you? No no Blu-ray yet. I don't, I don't know if they all have a Blu-ray yeah, there's... Uh, I'm upset about that because I would love for them to remaster all the shit. and there kind of was like What they did they do with uh, TNG? Was it TNG or the original series? TNG and the, the original, original series. original and TNG. Now, Babylon 5,
2: somebody addressed that in they one of... They lost everything, didn't they? No, they had... Oh. <laughs> essentially... <laughs> It's will in the I'll Doctor to, Who file. I'll try wow. to condense as much they're, as
3: possible. They're
1: saving it for the Straczynski wait, wait. streaming channel. This is the condensed <laughs> version, folks.
3: I'll buy that. Start your timers now. Go. They shot all of the physical
2: footage on film, and then the CG footage was on Video Toaster, but it was output at television broadcast quality. Ooh. Now, apparently, because they still have all of the old files... Video toaster can re-output at a higher definition, so they could theoretically go back and do that, but it would just be really expensive. So, and because it's it's more of a cult favorite series, I hate to oh, admit, if, I because I love the series people too. People
5: watch it like actually take the time to get past the first season. Right, you would love it. No, just I'm saying it's it. I love it too, but yeah.
2: it is more of a cult series favorite than something like Star Trek with a you know a broader. Cult fan base, I guess, if you will. Yeah. So it's 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 not cost effective for Warner Brothers to put but it out. I in think high Star
1: def. Trek maybe, and this will sound weird, but I think Star Trek is about as small a fan base as you can go to make it commercially viable. Yes. And even there, they really are digging in their heels on like DS9. Yeah. I mean, uh, is it CBS or, or CBS Paramount or Whoever it is, they really, they really don't want to commit the money to DS9. Well, after, after
2: doing all seven seasons of Next Gen, upgraded to Blu-ray, and apparently CBS was disappointed with the sales. Now, all the people involved on the Star Trek marketing end, like John Van Sitters and so forth, they were very happy with the sales, but apparently... The overall heads at CBS weren't happy with the sales. So that kind of doomed DS9 to not getting the upgrade. Yeah. It's clearly possible. I mean, they, they showed uh, high-definition footage in the... Um Pirsten,
5: the Dominion War Remastered. Mm. Well, if you see did the... You, th- you got a battle. Oh, Did, did you go in see, see the, the, uh, doc- the documentary? No. They did. He was uh, probably
1: working that night.
2: They did a crowd-funded, essentially um, remaster of one scene from the Dominion War, which you would know if you ever listened to the show. And <laughs> shut oh shut my up, god, <laughs> <Good thing laughs> Jeff! Oh my god, Oh my god, it looked amazing. So I'm wondering if there's a way that you could do like a Kickstarter or something dude, for for DS9 uh, on Blu-ray, but dude, that might kick CBS in the in the butt and say, uh, hey. Look but how many people are willing
1: to that remaster put money. is like those remasters are eight eight figures or something like that. They're they're yeah, they're, it's not they're cheap. tens of millions. Yeah, for I mean for for these series that are seven or eight seasons. Sure, it's huge. So I can I regretfully can see them not wanting to commit that kind of money. You
2: know, get Ira Stephen Bear to to do another thing again, where like you know he got. Uh, he got them to digitize
3: a lot of footage. Right. So we'll, we'll get he, this we'll get this done fifteen minutes at a time. It's not like he's doing a whole
2: lot right now. That could
3: be that could be his
2: yeah. next pet
1: project. It's gonna be a to lot cheaper. Twenty five years, just wait. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> just stay alive that long. Mm-hmm. We'll be there and like can't even see the screen. Wow. Well, yeah, be you fine. can because they'll plug it
4: directly into your brain.
1: Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Poor Andy. He'll be like, no. Oh, oh, oh my, oh. <laughs> I would like, turn this off. <laughs> He's plugging himself into a wall. And Do you want to a- 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 see the thing? Boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, I saw the last episode of Discovery. Oh. And are you happy? Oh, I want a Pike <laughs> series so bad. I want a Pike series so bad. Um Continue to say, I really enjoyed the relationship between Spock and uh, Martin Green. Green Martin Sonequa Martin Green. Martin Green, character of yeah, Michael Burnham. M- Michael Burnham. Well, I wanted to use her name, okay? Because I'm, 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 I've, I've warmed up to her, uh, and I really do think that her interacting with uh, the guy playing Spock had a lot to do with it, and um, I've just, I've, I've really come to enjoy that and. And, but boy, oh boy, they, they had even more stuff going on on the, their enterprise and, mm. oh boy. And Rebecca Romaine, she did a nice job as number one. She was, she was, I, I just, yeah. So, I I really, that was Rebecca I, Ro- holy shit. Yeah, I know, dude, yeah, Mystique. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, John Stamus' ex. She oh.
2: did a wonderful tribute to Majel yes. Barrett's number one
1: very nice
2: while still making it her own version mm-hmm. of the character yep so
1: with, and, you know. and a little more buxom yeah <laughs> alright we gotta
4: get to some news gentlemen news? yeah so why don't we do some news you don't give a shit about <laughs> I know but Jeff it's official your wish has come true Oh Yay. god. Oh god. The theatrical release of Jeff Fowler's live-action Sonic the Hedgehog film is being pushed to 2020. Wow. While Paramount redesigns the CGI character. Originally supposed to open this November. Right. The video game adaptation will now debut February 14th, 2020.
2: Wow, they're pushing it back almost so, so 6 months there. November. You said November so of February, four, months, 4 months. Four, four
1: well, four that's months. a that's a lot of redoing of
4: CGI hair.
1: Yeah.
5: That's how we should probably do the whole movie
4: over again. There was some intense backlash from fans earlier this month over the look of Sonic in the first trailer of the movie, which co-stars James Marsden and Jim Carrey. The latter is playing Sonic's iconic baddie, Dr. Eggman. Uh, Taking the reaction seriously, Fowler soon announced via Twitter that the character would undergo a visual change for the finished project. I mean,
2: I I get doing a stylized version of sonic but it just didn't look much like sonic at all in that trailer i saw
4: it had some sonicness but there, it's, it, it's, there was some uncanny valley things yeah, happening
2: it, it was almost like if somebody wanted to do a sonic movie but couldn't get the licensing rights so did a sonic <laughs> like movie so it was sonic with like a k so it was like you know you know it has to be what is it like uh 50, was it fifty six percent difference or something what, like that? So arse, what the, uh, whatever the legal term what's is. What's the so it's as, asylum pictures? As, asylum uh, pictures. Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: There you go. Por- asylum pictures. Honnick the porcupine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god, that would be. That would be great. What are you would doing with it though? Asylum pictures. Would it be great? <laughs> that was hilarious, Matt. What are you talking about? <laughs> News you don't give a shit about, and I actually kind of do, but because it's a commercial, I got to put it in this category. But I I want more of whatever this is. Okay. The 1980s cartoon Dungeons & Dragons may be gone. Oh, yeah, I saw this. But it is a pop culture icon in Brazil, where the series remains incredibly popular. So much so that the French car manufacturer Renault's made a Hollywood production-level live-action commercial that brought the cartoon characters to life. The nearly two-minute-long commercial is complete with explosions, magical bows shooting glowing energies, energy arrows, and dragons. It's a faithful adaptation of the CBS TV cartoon series that ran for 27 episodes from 1983 to 85. The animated series revolves around a group of friends who find themselves transported to the land of Dungeons & Dragons after an amusement park ride whisks them to another dimension. The children's uh, arch-nemesis, the evil wizard Venger, along with his five-headed dragon Tiamat, not really his, but they kind of fight, chase the children all over the realm. Thankfully, the Dungeon Master shows up in the nick of time in the commercial on a Quid Outsider. That's the car. That's the Renault car. Yeah. Ah, And the children use the car to return themselves to the real world through something else they have, though something else may have unknowingly hitched along for the ride. (sighs) The car manufacturer went all out on the production of this commercial. They went even so far as to make posters for the characters that rival Hollywood blockbuster posters. The cartoon focuses on the friendship between the children and how they work together to find their way back home. And of course, they couldn't do it without their friend and mentor, Dungeon Master. Uh, The DM helps the children learn their new classes and weapons as they battle forces of evil who wish to use their weapons to gain more power in the realm. The children frequently come to the aid of others on their quest to find the way home. Dungeons & Dragons, the cartoon, was a joint venture between the game manufacturer, TSR, and Marvel Productions. The animated series was wildly popular, led to its time slot for two years. The series sadly met its demise before a final episode could be produced... The Emmy award-winning writer Michael Reeves, who wrote for the series, blogged about the final episode entitled Requiem. The episode would have tied up some loose narrative threads like revealing the evil Venger is actually Dungeon Master's son. Yep. Mm. I remember reading that.
3: Mm. Love the cartoon. Still love the cartoon so this day. So it didn't I, I did not watch the show. Uh it didn't end is that what I'm understanding? Yeah.
1: It just it just Got it was canceled. weird. It was weird. Yeah. Because it I, actually was was pretty popular, did well in
4: ratings, and I, they just uh, killed there, it. There was a lot of parent groups writing in yes. because of the fear of Dungeons and Dragons at the time and the satanic panic. Yeah. And that's kind of what comes So, for is.
3: those of you who did watch it, was was this commercial satisfying? as an the ending? Com-
4: the commercial, yeah. Yeah. It's an ending. I I've Even enjoyed if it's, it. yeah, Renault sends their car into the dimension and. That's partially what saves the kids. But I feel some catharsis.
1: You know what they should do? You know what they should do? Hmm. Live action Dungeons & Dragons cartoon.
4: Please. After seeing this, I'm like, this is a proof of concept.
1: And uh, let's see. What we're talking about, mid-80s, right? Yeah, 83, 85.
4: 83, 85. So 85,
1: 95, 2005, 2015. So 35 years later. So all the kids are now in their 40s and 50s as their classes, as their races in Dungeons & Dragons world,
4: and they're still trying to get out. Oh, I I would so get behind that. And there's, I can't remember the name of it. We talked about it probably about three months ago. A comic book that's based on it, loosely, that's about this group of kids when they were younger got sucked into the role-playing world that they were dealing with went through some shit and got back home and it's them oh, as yeah, adults yeah, 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 yeah. dealing with the fallout of that's right that we did talk about that and I can't remember the name of it because I really need to read that comment. Help us bunkies, remind us. Oh my word.
1: yeah scream at your scream at your MP4 player until we hear it. But right. it was so, being Hastings is yelling at the screen right now.
4: It was so heartwarming to see these characters in live action, each doing their own thing and doing it well. That's funny. I I, I
3: did not watch. I did not watch the show, but I watched. Did see the commercial, and I was. I found it very satisfying. I was like that. That looks cool.
2: I started to watch the show back in the day, and then when the whole panic went on, and and I wasn't allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons, the actual game. (laughs) Eventually, mom found out I was watching the cartoon. Oh Oh, shit! Oh my god! I wasn't allowed to watch the cartoon because. And to me, it's funny because you you mentioned it never ended. It never had a proper ending. There's an episode that I vividly remember where they like had an opportunity to get home and they stayed behind. Yes. And that's the one that I always thought was the final episode. But it was like a season one episode, yeah, right? Yeah, it's early. So for, for like decades, that's what I thought was the ending, not realizing, oh, yeah, I just have a faulty memory based on the fact that I never got to finish out the series because uh... I wasn't allowed to watch it after, you know, because my mom and dad didn't always police the Saturday morning cartoons. But uh, when when mom got in that that bit of the scare and said I don't want you because a good friend of mine Sterling in grade school um, he invited you out no he oh. and I he was the <laughs> one that introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons and so we were developing our characters and everything oh and, yeah and and, and then um, dun, dun, dun. mom found out and she's like I don't want you going over to Sterling's anymore and I'm like
3: dark dungeons why. She's like, I don't like want you, she's like,
2: I don't want you playing that Dungeons and Dragons anymore. I'm like, you why, are mom? You from numbers and I just statistics. don't want you. I just don't want you playing it. And I'm like, all right. And then eventually found out I was watching a cartoon. And she's like, I don't want you watching this cartoon anymore. And I, and the funny thing is it wasn't until I was adult that I realized why I wasn't allowed to watch it. Because she never really explained why I... I had to stop playing Dungeons and Dragons, and why? When I you're in the middle of your cult meeting yeah, the you other day, you're like, "Oh, this is why." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: he stands up from the goat carcass, blood streaming from his hands. This is why my I, th- mom I think, I, think <laughs> I understand now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow, mom, you were right. And when you're right, you're right.
0: <laughs>
2: really? Picks up the
3: phone. Dialing, hey, mom. Dialing the phone with his bloody fingers. <laughs> beep, beep, he skypes. He Skypes.
4: It's so all he's that changing he's, in the background. Yeah, yeah you are right, Ma. He's wearing
1: the pointy wizard hat. <laughs> yeah, wow, Ma, you called it. <laughs> and
4: mm. that's why I started watching The Littles. Oh,
2: God, no. that show. <laughs> that <laughs> show <laughs> just annoyed <laughs> me. We My are sisters the loved it. And then just, I was just like, it's like grinding teeth.
4: They use a pencil for a slide. Yeah. You can't stop the littles cause the littles won't stop. Uh bum, 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 da, bum, I don't think da, that's bum. how the song goes. That is how it goes. Because I watched the shit out of some of those. But
3: at least they weren't Caillou. Caillou. You do not talk
5: about Caillou like that.
3: Oh yes, I do. <laughs> Caillou is the worst children's program ever.
4: Is that the and cancer kid?
3: That's the kid with yes, no hair who whines. He has cancer. No, he, no, he, he we wish he'd have cancer, it. but he doesn't.
4: <laughs> 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 oh, I yikes.
5: <laughs> wow, Andy. What's the name? Why Caillou. You. Caillou.
2: Like, yeah. how do you spell that? Uh, it C-A- doesn't matter. It's Canadian. C- <laughs>
5: C- uh,
2: I,
3: I think it's K-A-I. No, it's not. Like no, it's, it's C. Because C. It? <laughs> C stands for cunt. Damn. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. Wow. Somebody Andy. get Andy a drink. Andy's
1: firing today. Andy Holy. hates Caillou. I hate
3: Caillou. He uh, was, was really unspeakable.
1: He was really mellow right up until yeah. then, and he him. brought it up too.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, that okay. that that lame theme song
1: reminded oh, me of it. You know that Caillou. cartoon. Yeah. Oh.
3: the
5: safe well, word is
2: Caillou. It was Andy. It was written for toddlers and preschoolers. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> With a maximum age of toddler, approximately four years of age. And taught
3: toddlers and preschoolers to whine.
2: Toddlers and preschoolers already whine.
3: So. Yes, well, it just reinforced it. There's oh, less whining with Teletubbies than Caillou. Teletubbies it's been are, demonstrated. Teletubbies are fine. They're surreal, but fine. So,
5: so where did Caillou touch you, Andy? <laughs> good Lord. In the ears. In these
3: small children <laughs> being raised watching it. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Mm. why doesn't he have hair? Did he really mm. have cancer? Cancer. Let's hope it's cancer.
5: Let's hope it's <laughs> cancer. Do you hear <laughs> this off right now? It's a child. Let's hope it has cancer. You heard it here first, monkeys.
3: Andy wants Caillou to oh, have cancer. All right. Wow. I like most children's programming. I mean Davy and Goliath, I, I don't follow you know I don't follow their ethics, but you know they I, I I was amused by him at least, you know.
4: Wow, you you put them above oh Caillou. yeah
3: yeah. I, I could watch an episode of Davy and Goliath yeah, that makes one of us yeah. I used
4: to watch it
1: apparently and there's no a, fucking clue
3: my friend uh, Cordova was, was is raving about a show called Moral Oral yeah that apparently is a weird Davy and Goliath parody but gets even more dark than you can possibly imagine yeah, yes. okay, it was on Adult good. Swim yeah so, I kind of want to yeah. see that one
1: I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that remind me of that later I might be able to arrange it All oh right. cool uh, uh, huh what <laughs> a vast, babies are i
5: be like able to arrange, a little moral oral for you, andy don't yeah, worry about can it i arrange them oral i mean moral i oral. think
2: it's on on De- on adult swim on demand um, you, we're I,
4: talking about moral oral Annie, right is that
3: <laughs> is that the one
2: yes uh, actually andy, i think several of the episodes are available on uh, adultswim.com or something like that cuz cool, they've cool. they've advertised a lot of their back catalog is available online for free.
3: Cordova's kind of the mistress of like weird adult swim stuff I've never heard of. She was talking about some flapjack, slapjack, some weird pirate kid show. Hmm. I think it's, it's flapjack. Sounds a bit a that one familiar. I don't know, but it's it's kind of the things are going to the stills that are like really gross, like Wolverton Wolverton kind of painting in the middle of it. You know. Okay. Yeah,
4: that sounds like adult swim.
3: But apparently. Yeah, that one, and she, I don't think, I'm not sure it's on there, because the uh, um, Moral, I don't think Moral on because she was saying she had trouble finding it, because Cartoon Network hates it.
4: Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I can see why. Yeah.
3: They said, make All it right. darker, and they did, I'm like, no, not that dark. Gone. <laughs>
1: Too late?
4: <laughs> All right, Weekend Geek! Yay!
1: This late in the show?
5: What's <laughs> your Weekend Geek? Right in. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's like, oh. Oh, I was yeah.
4: like... It. Uh, this one's still in informed rumor <laughs> category because it hasn't been confirmed by those Ooh. working on it, but uh, the, the rumblings are there. The rumblings Wait, are there. What? Wait, what? The rumblings? It, oh, sorry. What? I you don't know. Move? I couldn't. I He's didn't he, hear anybody. The rumblings are there. Oh, and okay, the rumblings.
1: Is that a comic or a TV show? TV show.
4: No, just uh, the ether, the, the, you know, the vulture yeah. and uh, It's
1: like the Bugaloo's. Yes. Yeah. <sighs>
4: <laughs> Last year we learned that Marvel Studios was interested in developing a movie based on their comic book property Power Pack. Yeah. The comic centers around a group of superpowered kids who embark on adventures to fight evil. It was director James Gunn who originally pitched the movie to Marvel. When previously talking about the Power Pack movie, Kevin Feige said, "Power Feige." That's what I said. Power Pack is a property that yeah, yeah. We've you're been, right
3: Todd You're right Don't it, let them tell you other. That's yeah. what I said
4: no. Matt he said, he said, It said, is okay. a property
3: yep. End of sentence <laughs>
4: <laughs> Power pack is property Let's hope they all
3: get Cancer Said fact check Andy Unquote they, they actually have cancer <laughs> Have you read the book
4: <laughs> That the, uh, we've been interested in For a long time For many years Because we wanted to do Something for families something that's a little younger. Ant-Man kind of has become that franchise, certainly with Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Power Pack is still one of the many things that we discuss. Wouldn't it be fun to do that someday? Unquote. According to a reliable source at MCU, Cosmic, a Power Pack project is now in active development at Marvel Studios. At this point, it's not known if this is going to be a theatrical film or a TV series that could end up on Disney+. Uh, power Pack was created by Louise si- Simonson and June Brightman and first appeared in Power Pack Volume 1, Issue 1, in 1984. The story focuses on Alex, who is 12, Julie, who is 10, Jack, who is 8, and Caillou, who is... F- no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Katie Power, who is 5. Okay. Who, who meet an alien... <laughs> an alien... Oh, don't taint my Power Pack with your Caillou. Power taint. And the meat of an... <laughs> They meet an alien named Whitey Whitemane. <laughs> yes, the yes, they do. Yes, they do. This God. alien gives each one of them his powers before his death. These four kids end up becoming one of the youngest superhero teams ever, and they fight to save the world from alien invasion.
3: Yep. From
4: Whitey Whitemane. White show-
3: it was a weird, weird book because whenever they do a crossover with the other superheroes, they kind of have to dance around the uh, child endangerment and stuff sure yeah it's like ah, uh, yeah spider-man i can't remember who it was but it'd be like yeah spider-man's like shouldn't i be telling your parents about this oh please don't tell our parents that we're superheroes you know, it's weird
1: but fun i am very curious what the porn parody is going to be oh, oh good god christ.
4: <laughs> jesus christ
1: power <laughs> package
4: shut the show down right now
1: what i've just you know Wow! Okay. No, I don't know, wow. Kay. I don't know.
4: Wow. <laughs> they they they, they, they packet, just
1: they huh? make them all older, right? They're why'd, college kids who meet an alien. Why'd you have to
2: make it weird, Kay? <laughs> the show was weird enough as it was. Why'd you have to take it to a whole other level? I'm
1: just saying, the stuff happens, right? The industry's out there, so. Not every franchise gets made into a porn parody. Really? And, no, really. Caillou didn't, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Obvious reasons. Well, now that's just discriminatory <laughs> because he didn't make it, he died cancer, of cancer patients <laughs> oh, okay. want to get some action too. Oh, Jesus like remember Christ. that one character from Fight Club when you know at, oh, the, yeah, at yeah. the cancer yeah, thing they're talking and she's just like yep. you know anybody just I've
4: just, got toys and you know my face buried in my mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, nope. 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 Go into a happy place.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, uh, fine, fine. Don't think about it. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea, Kay. I shan't. You know, I just. You guys are amazing. I, I, oh, I, I are like, we? Are we amazing? Yes, that's off limits. But boy, oh boy, can we talk about kids with cancer? Let's not, just hope they have cancer. Just Caillou. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, let's Pro, see, see means, what let's else happened this week
0: <laughs> You know what's amazing is that,
2: that it's not Andy that took it to a weird place this time I know It's like the
3: roles got see, reversed No, 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 no See,
5: he's infecting Kay uh, Old school
4: K coming out
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean you know, and I'm infecting no, all of you No, <laughs> I'm not because
1: the there was a time when I'd have played that for laughs I'm serious Oh, shit what? what else is here? What else I, I'm is here? not asking for it. I'm not like,
4: hey, hey, uh,
1: uh, San Fernando Valley, make sure you produce the Power Package parody. I'm just saying. Power Package parody, the No, don't no, keep, talk. keep T- talking. Keep talking. out of it. <laughs> I just, you know, I wouldn't make a joke about it. Because James Gunn was the one who suggested this originally. It's true. So I don't want to continue that. um, Jesus Christ.
4: I would like to continue to the next story. But... But... (laughs) (laughs) Thor Thor, Ragnarok director Taika Waititi is now attached to direct... The... That guy. Yeah. Attached to direct... The live-action adaptation of Akira. Yeah. All right. Okay. Talk about child abuse there. This news comes after uh, <laughs> Watiti stepped down from a planned film about Michael Jackson's pet chimpanzee bubbles. Uh, Warner Brothers is confident... Anu- that's... What? 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 Is that the porn parody you want now? No, I'm raising- just saying we're
1: talking about Michael Jackson, but we can't... Oh. We can't talk about...
2: I just wanted to know why he was raising his hand. It's like, are <laughs> yeah. you are you in
1: class? You're waiting to be called. No, oh, I was raising my here? hand. Like, t- is it, is no one else going to comment on this? Yes. Are you guys leaving this
4: to me? Completely. Vin- K was completely vindicated <laughs> by right. the bubbles loss. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <laughs> Bubble, bubbles was
1: now in his porn parody. Uh, Andy is just like I. I don't want it. Go on to drive home. <laughs> I'm gonna walk. I'm just gonna walk.
4: Warner Brothers is confident enough to announce that the Leonardo DiCaprio produced film is heading toward a May twenty first, twenty twenty one release date. First time wow. we've gotten a clear release date. Uh, the last time, with TD, weighed in on the project. He also mentioned he would like to make less of a remake of the animated film and more of a new adaptation of all six volumes of Katsuhiro's Otomo's man- manga. In one movie? Yeah. Don't know, but maybe. Wow. Apparently,
1: the Akira movie squeezes in a lot. Mm. The, 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 the anime itself. I've got that. You should watch that sometime. They we can hear a movie? We can read a movie. Oh, that's something. Akira!
3: Setsiro! Jeff- yeah. Akira! Setsiro! Well, Kaneda!
4: And now you're up to date. Now you know Ka-da-da! how Carol <laughs> <laughs> works. And
1: cool motorcycles. <laughs> I
4: actually watched it. But not like John Wick motorcycles, right?
5: Just cool motorcycles.
1: Well, these are those, you know, mm. Japanese
5: yeah, some, cyber somewhere,
1: punky. Somewhere between a motorcycle and a light cycle. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just you get take a light cycle, give it wheels, and paint it
4: red. Real wheels. Everything's red. The Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance is officially coming to Netflix on August thirtieth. Oh, oh wow! This year? Oh, yes, it's coming soon. Oh, the streaming oh. service. The streaming service announced this week. Where are you going? You want you want those power. <laughs> see,
1: <laughs> see, <laughs> it's not what? just me. What? Let's acknowledge this. Let's just acknowledge I don't, I don't the 1,000-pound gorilla in the room. You don't
4: get to hook me in with this fishing
1: line. <laughs> hey, you want a steaming service. Okay, so... <laughs> Leading off, Marvel's steaming
3: service. I'm going to say the infection starts over there. Someone is spreading. Part, it's going to hit me last, apparently. I'm safe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll be last, Andy. And then no one's safe.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Damn straight. The 10-episode series is based on the 1982 feature film The Dark Crystal by Jim Hansen and Frank Oz. In the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, the Skeksis make their return as three Gelfling discover a horrifying secret behind their power. The Gelfling must set out to ignite the fires of rebellion and save their world. The world of, of Thra is dying. The source of the power, it's the heart of Thra, is the Crystal of Truth. The corruption and evil of the Skeksis has harnessed the Crystal of Truth, causing a sickness to spread across the land. There are some huge names behind this series. Leading the cast as the three Gelfling are uh, Taron Egerton from Kingsman, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy from Glass, and uh, uh, Nathalie Emanuel from Game of Thrones. Additional characters are voiced by Helena Bottom Carter... Natalie Dormer, Toby Jones, Eddie Izzard, Mark Strong, and Alicia Vikander. And a star-studded cast rounds out the voice actors as the evil Skexies and Mystics, Mark Hamill, Ke- oh. Keegan-Michael Key, Andy Samberg, Simon Pegg, and Jason Isaacs, among others. They'll all be bringing their talents to the series. It's on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix August 30th. Damn. Oh, wow. Great. It's directed by uh, Louis Letterer, who's directed The Incredible Hulk and Clash of the Titans, the new one, uh, speaking to a crowded room at New York Comic Con this past fall. Lederer uh, revealed, I love CGI, but we're not using CGI in this one. Puppets, man. Puppets. I, I was
2: one. kind of interested in it before, but now I'm really excited about yeah. it, just based on that little blurb you read there that's that's awesome
1: although the resistance title it's like in and jewel of truth it's a little politically on the nose <laughs> i mean yeah, it, is it <clears throat> well
4: the resistance yeah exactly resistance? it's
1: it's just you know and the the skexies they get you know the russian hackers are the ones that actually help. oh is that <laughs> if they are going deep diving with this i love yeah, that yeah yeah there you, you know. go no i me
4: political if if it's liberally political, sure. but like I'm gonna care. And they they take over and and they they put Pruitt in charge of the EPA and that spreads the disease across the go. country. that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's
1: that's how it right. Works. The and and Andy's in the corner going, "I'll be last. It's okay. <laughs> yep, I'm fine. So long as I'm <laughs> fine,
3: be up here in the pole chair,
4: safe, sitting on top of it. There you go. The eyes of the dragon. A traditional fantasy novel by Stephen King that was first published in 1984 is being developed as a potential series at Hulu. <clears throat> the streaming service has tapped writer Seth Graham Smith from uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies to pen a pilot and act as showrunner after it won the rights to the project over Apple in an auction. Hulu has previously produced an adaptation of King's novel 11 and if you have not read King's novel 11 22 unfuck that right now. The original King-inspired series, Castle Rock, Uh, Graham Smith said in a statement, The goal for this series is to feel unlike any Stephen King adaptation before. With this rich underlying source material, the only true fantasy book he wrote that has kings and swords and princesses, we will honor the spirit of the book and the legacy. Uh, King wrote The Eyes of the Dragon for his daughter Naomi to read, since she was either too young for or not interested in his horror output. It was first published by the author himself in 84 as a rare limited edition before a mass hardcover version arrived in 1987. The story is very much a classic style fantasy featuring magic spells, creatures, potions, battles, escapes, as it tells the story of two young brothers who both vie for the throne after the death of their father, King Roland the Good. (gasps) Wait a minute. Uh Uh-huh. What makes Eyes of the Dragon most interesting to hardcore King fans is that the kingdom of the book takes place in Delane and is set squarely within the universe of his epic saga, The Dark Tower. And the villain of the piece is Randall Flagg, antagonist of both Kings the Stand and, under different aliases, The Dark Tower. And with both these latter stories in development at CBS All Access and Amazon, respectively, it'll be interesting to see whether The Eyes of the Dragon taps into the Flag mythos and the overall King universe. Uh, The book was previously developed as an animated film in the early thousands, and as a series in sci-fi, by the Sci-Fi Channel in 2012. Wait, th- those were actually made. Yeah, and
1: fuck if I know about it. Wow. Yeah. No, I no,
4: no. Yeah. No, Matt. No, 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 Matt. No. I no. did not. Know. Stop it. S- no. 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 And that's not the only King thing, because of course King is the hotness right now. Uh, the film adaptation of Stephen King's The Long Walk has found a director, Andre Ovredel, o- o- I'm gonna say it's Ovredel. O- uh, director of the upcoming "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark," Alfredo. Oh, Alfredo Fredo. will direct the new line feature. The book was published in 1979. Make it out of uh, mm? No, but this Gollum is. He's coming after you. Oh. In 1979, under no, the pseudonym <clears throat> Richard Bachman, but precious. King, but King has since come forward as the Beth. author. The title comes from an event depicted in the novel where 100 teenage boys. Oh
1: in- shit. This is going to go badly. Here goes power Pack. Jesus
0: Christ. (laughs) Oh, no, it got over
4: to here. (laughs) You're infected now. (laughs) You know, when when I'm writing this and putting the noose together, I have no idea that things like this will will break them. (laughs) Where 100 teenage boys engage... Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's legal now. ...in an annual competition called The Long Walk. The young men have to maintain a pace above four miles per hour. If they don't, they get shot to death. The kid who lasts the longest gets whatever he desires for the rest of his days. Everyone else gets shot. Hmm. The screenplay has been adapted by James Vanderbilt, who is producing alongside Bradley Fisher and William Sherrick. Uh, Overdahl became known for the film Autopsy of Jane Doe, and of course we will have his next work scene when Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark which was co-written and produced by Guillermo del Toro, opening in August 9th. How long is this actual? How long is the march? Does, does it give a distance or a time? It goes until the last person is person. standing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's 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 a pretty long walk. Mm. Before Battle Royale, there was the long walk. <laughs> and it's also my favorite Stephen King stories ever, so I'm really excited about this movie. Mm. I never thought this would ever be made, made into a movie. Okay.
1: Well, at least we're not finding out that there was an animated feature like 30 years ago <laughs> yeah, right. and a series on, on sci-fi. Spike, you know, 15 years ago. Holy shit! Anyway,
4: Ghostwriter producer Stephen Paul has acquired Atlas Comics' vast library oh, as part yes. of his SP Media Group. <laughs> yes. <LS. laughs> And has reached a pact with Paramount to co-finance, produce, and distribute super superhero movies based on the properties. I'm so excited about this! As part of the plan to hatch yet another cinematic universe, Paul also signed the deal with Akiva Goldsman, the veteran scribe who won the Oscar for *A Beautiful Mind*, but is best known to the sci-fi universe set for writing *I Am Legend*, *I Am Robot*, and the recent *Dark Tower* adaptation. As well as the Joel Schumacher-directed Batman films, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Uh, he's going down. Uh, Goldsman <laughs> going will reportedly downhill. supervise a writer's room of nine that will fashion feature-length films for the likes of Atlas characters such as Tiger Man, I the like Scorpion. That. I like that. Writer's room of nine. Sergeant... Where is it happening? The writer's room of nine. Sergeant Stryker's Death Squad mm-hmm. and Devilina. Yes, Develina. the goal is to release one superhero film, film a year beginning 2021. Wow. So, I don't know shit about Alice. Okay. Comics. So <laughs> all right, here we go. Everyone step back. I'm, Andy's I'm got a story. I'm so to tell. excited
3: about this. So when I was like 10 or 11, uh, we went to Pennsylvania to visit my, uh, my relatives out there. And my uncle Peter, my uncle, my cousin, Peter was a comic <laughs> fan, comic fan. And he had a whole collection and they were all bagged and everything. Uh, and he very cautiously allowed me to read them, you know, making sure I was very careful with them because I you know, he was a couple of years old than me, and I was a kid. And you spilled something all over them, right? Not, I was so okay. damn careful with the Peter's <laughs> books. Um, and so I got to read, uh, I got to read uh, the original uh, Gwen Stacy dying uh, issue, and, that, and all that, but he had the whole run of Atlas, and Atlas was um, uh, it's Martin Goodman who created a. Uh, um, uh, was the publisher of timely timely comics and then Marvel, Marvel? Okay, uh, he sold Marvel and then created Atlas.
4: And uh, Larry Lieber was part Larry of this, Lieber right? was one of the writers. Stan Lee's brother. brother, okay. They're they're
1: they're like nephews or something of Martin Goodman. Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: yeah. So it didn't work. I mean, they they tried to launch a whole line of comics, and so each book has two maybe three issues. And on the last issue, they pull out all the stops and, and revamp everything and change everything trying to get more readers. And so, like, it's like, it's the ones that actually have three, you see it build, it build, and then it's like, and then we go left turn. What the hell is this? It was amazing. I had to read all that in one sitting. I got to read it oh, wow. all in one weekend,
4: basically. So, about how many comics are there all together?
3: <sighs>
4: I would. Uh, not not full comics. How many titles? T- titles. Are there all
3: I, I would guess there's 20, 25 titles. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, that was, it was a Phoenix. They had, they had the, they had the Phoenix, uh, title before, uh, the the, planet
4: of the vampires. Planet of
3: the vampires was there. They had, um, Oh, what was it? Uh, Howard Chaykin did one that was, um, it was very similar to stuff he did for Marvel later. Um, oh Dominic fortune. That was it. In fact, they actually brought it over to, to Marvel or brought over, uh, uh, basically the same character with a different name. Um, I mean, they were very interesting books. They really, if if they'd had carried on, they would have been just as good as any. I mean, they were ahead of their time. They were before you know, when when they were when Valiant came out and all that stuff. I mean, they were as good as that stuff was.
1: Yeah, okay. maybe not as good as that stuff, but they yeah. were definitely interesting. <clears throat> I remember I have uh, Tiger Man number one, and that was that was interesting because. If I remember it correctly, it's like a Hispanic character. Mm. Yes, I think so. And uh, I had a hard time with it only because, for some reason, the lettering, they went with typewriter type. Oh.
3: Yeah, the the, the lettering is actually really weird in it. I remember yeah. that.
1: Oh, and, wow. And, and yeah. it, it, that would throw me it off. Was, it was actually tough to read. They
3: did that in some of the gold key books, too, where they, they wouldn't be typewriter, but it would be, it would be a mechanical type.
1: Huh. Yeah. yeah, so that that but the art was cool. Steve Ditko, I think, took over on on episode episode on episode. issue two, yep. mm-hmm. but um, the 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 first issue was it was actually pretty cool, and it it dealt with uh, uh, people dying. It was this superhero thing, and uh, <clears throat> I think he kills people or something and Murdery. Uh you like that it's so murdering. <laughs> but it 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 actually was it was actually pretty interesting. So it'll be interesting to see what, and his costume was made from a tiger he killed cuz he he injects this serum and gets the powers of a tiger and then well lo and behold he just happens to get attacked by a tiger and he actually kills it. Good thing he drank the serum. Yeah, mm. and then he then he makes the uh costume out of the tiger skin. So but it, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, Atlas should have done marzan, yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs>
5: that <laughs> sounds like a good home for that yeah, would have saved the whole company yeah well
1: you, you uh there was there was the sto- um the one of uh marzan going nuts, marzipan
5: mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I knew you were going with that. <laughs> until hearing it...
1: You were... Were you glappy or mopeful?
4: Okay, <laughs> I just want to say I'm a really big fan of that joke. <laughs> I got yeah, a nice so head shake from, from Jeff. One of us isn't in this room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: the only adult in the room. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. Mm.
4: Rick and Morty... Yes, Greenlight is getting its own Dungeons and Dragons tabletop adventure. Get out. The news comes from Wizards of the Coast and it will be called Dungeons and Dragons vs Rick and Morty, tabletop role-playing game adventure, unquote. The game will feature an adventure for characters of the series as you take one of the most dysfunctional families through the realms in their own story. The campaign is set up for a 5-player game for levels 1 to 3. The press release says that the game, quote, blends the world of Dungeons & Dragons with the mad, narcissistic genius of Rick Sanchez's power gaming sensibilities, and it includes everything a dungeon master needs to channel their inner mad scientist and run a Rick-rolling adventure, unquote. The game is not connected to the adventure told in the recent IDW Oni Press comics, but it was revealed that Rick and Morty D&D comics are also returning, this fall in a new miniseries called Rick and Morty vs. Dungeons & Dragons 2, Painscape. The first issue is coming out September 18th. No details yet on the release date for the D&D game yet, but it will most likely be released before the end of 2019. They've put out a ton of Rick and Morty
3: merchandise and games, and some of the games are very good, and some, eh. not quite. But there's a ton of it out there. Being a little liberal with a license, I, I cannot remember the names of all, of them, but there's 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 at least, I bet I've seen ten different games. Well,
1: there's Rick and Morty, and then there's Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and there was the one Rick and Morty and Rick and Morty.
2: That's just that's just what Adult Swim does. Is they. They keep the licensing rights to like a lot of their yeah well the shows and, and just Rick and license Morty, the hell out of it, it everything. It's
1: become a fucking phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just amazing. Those uh, starter sets are also cool. There's a Stranger Things starter set. Oh, that's right. With an adventure that is you know written by the the boys. Hmm, that's um, fun. Yeah, so that's a pretty that's a pretty cool uh, crossover marketing move.
4: Yeah, it is. So. into X. Ex- Tried D and D with X. Yeah,
1: exactly, and uh, and also Painscape.
4: That's, That's a just, great
1: title. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I want to
4: re- I, I, read. I we read the Rick and Morty comic for the book club, mm-hmm. and I never did throw up a review. But boy, was that written so well! Yeah, it really was. Oh my god!
1: Yeah. Um, it it I, I discovered it's not just Patrick Rothfuss, but Jim Zub, who actually uh, has written a ton of uh, Dungeons and Dragons comics as well as a few others and then they did the uh, descent live uh D&D event over the weekend which <clears throat> last weekend which was a um uh streaming event from Wizards of the Coast where celebrities played various adventures from this new uh game that they got coming out the descent okay and Jim Zub played one of his characters from his Baldur's Gate comics. And he was he was really funny. But it was also interesting because he talks about D D and apparently he goes way back with it too. Mm. Um and so his his writing, him and rothfuss together did just it was a great combination. So I don't know. I assume Zub's doing it again for Painscape, but do they have their names? There? They don't. They don't. Okay, but you know, it's it's definitely worth looking to. I can't to. recall how much we've gone into on the show, but
3: it's it's been this epic thing for the last couple of weeks where Kay can't watch his D and D shows on the TV because his uh, his Twitch is not working on TV. But now he has a dongle.
1: Yeah, yeah. My Xbox Three Sixty. Have a doctor look at that. The mm. uh, the Twitch app. Uh, it's really funny. I get all my thumbnails. And everything's up to date, Ah. but as soon as I click on it, I get a server unavailable. Hmm. And Twitch and Xbox have had their heads up their ass with the the support. They have no clue. Uninstall and reinstall. Yeah, I've done that 10,000 times, and it just hasn't worked. Weird. So finally, I was like, fuck this, and I got a, a Chromecast dongle. Cause I finally had a little bit of money. I was gonna you.
2: say I had an extra one. You could have just asked. I'd given you one. Yeah, I should have <laughs> asked. <him. laughs> Jeff, hey, hey, do you by chance? That's
1: that's that's oh. what I do, Jeff. I just ask randomly. Yeah. You know. Well, you asked me about other tech qu- queries. I don't well, know why you queries, didn't ask me about this I mean,
4: one. You should ask Jeff if he has Moral Oral. Because yeah, this one
1: Duncan couldn't solve. <laughs> I, so did I, find,
2: just I did find Moral Oral on the Adult Swim website. It is it's on only, there, okay. It's only like half of season two, and then all of season three. But yeah. it's still we'll more the whole episodes. Thing or nothing. Nah, it's more episodes <laughs> than you'd get otherwise. Yeah. I do
1: like the dongle. <clears throat> I'm yeah, all, all about, the, about dongle. So, uh, it the dongle. So um dongle need food. Yeah. <laughs> it's cause can use your f- your phone directly on your TV and that's actually
2: no it's like Yankee my bad. wanky. So yeah, and with the three sixty I feel bad I mean Microsoft has basically quietly stopped supporting the three sixty. I mean it's they're they're yeah. really not updating any yeah. of the apps anymore. <clears throat> They've yanked a few without you know, from the, the store without yeah, telling anybody. HBO's gone. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, uh, supposedly HBO is gone at the request of HBO, but, you know, who knows? It's It works fine on the Xbox One, so I'm guessing it's just a matter of that it's such an old system now that they've moved on. Mm.
4: Yeah. How's your dongle write to us comments at uglycouchhow.com oh yeah and until it's next week and to the left I am oh, I am <laughs> disgusted <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even uh, me I am that's mis- the infection coming master this way.
1: torgo 80s Jeff K dongle Fact check, you <laughs> may believe that. we'll
4: talk to you next week in geek Oh, shoot, we didn't. We should have ended with uh, Kenny Loggins' songs again. Oh whole new set. Oh, yeah. whole new set. Uh, I don't know. I'm not... Yeah. A whole new set? Why yeah, though? you can't use the same ones you did before. No. It's just all, all new... Did we use Nobody's Fool before? Uh, No. Well, no, it was suggested at the end. Oh, no. right. okay. But no, we didn't use it. Well, I...
2: Uh, yeah, that's when we were trying to suggest ones for So for I'm Andy Nobody's and... Fool... Yeah, because I go. <laughs> go.
1: Yeah. No, no. I shot my wad last time. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Yeah, so I don't, I. I don't so got do any I'm Still recovering. I mean, I had to <laughs> borrow someone else's I'll, wad to shoot. Did not see a solen into the left. I'll wedge in. The, <laughs> I'll I'll wedge in. I'll wager that I I I know a bunch of Kenny Loggins songs. If you say this is Kenny Loggins, but I don't know that Kenny Loggins right, did that song. All right, song.
4: fine. We'll do. Uh, they might be giants then. I am sublim- subliminal Torgo.
1: I'm Birdhouse
2: Jeff.
4: Uh, 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 it,
1: I'm I'm I I'm Istanbul, not Constantinople. K. Beautiful. There beautiful. Go. I'm Anna Ing Andy.
4: Goddamn right, you are. How about you? Nope. <laughs> ah, <that was> <laughs> nope. <laughs> There's always one. Well, nope. what about the one? The Actually, sun's
1: that a big ball of fight because. The sun is a ball of incandescent gas. Which there they you have, go. Which they redacted. You you are a ball of incandescent gas. Okay. Absolutely. Ball of
5: incandescent
4: gas. He <laughs> <It> sure is. <laughs>